Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Friends Liberty Podcast. I'm and we've got a short list tonight of guests. It's just me and my boy Chris. How's it going, Chris? Oh, it's going pretty good. You know, just tried to get some, some other people, but we had some te- technical difficulties, so we will steer this ship and try to keep the keep the gales off of us. Yeah, hopefully we can come together and and uh, you know have something worth listening to. So I've done this before on the end of the show. I'm going to try to do it in the beginning here. I'm going to take a uh, take a bit from William, who does this on Liberty Bites. I just recorded a Liberty Bites episode, by the way. You can listen for that uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, it's going to be about natural rights. But he puts the social media stuff up front, so I'm going to give that a try. So before we get into the meat here, remember you can find us on our website at think-liberty.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thinkliberty.tl. You can find us on Twitter, Steemit, and Minds at think underscore liberty. And you can find us on Instagram by searching for Think Liberty, all one word. Also, uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, anything like that that you use to listen to podcasts. Please remember to go ahead and leave us a review and tell a friend. Uh, telling friends is the best way. That... With all that out of the way, Chris, there is no shortage of things in the news here to talk about. Where do you want to start, buddy? Well, um, I think something we'll start off with a kind of exciting one and, you know, one that's very memeable lately. Uh the freaking Space Force. Trump? Yes. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, which I don't know how you don't know, but um, so Trump just directed the Defense Department to immediately begin the process of establishing a Space Force as a sixth military branch. So basically he's he said that our destiny is beyond the Earth, not in the matter of national identity, but a matter of national security. And so I, <laughs> of course, of course it sounds, it sounds kind of laughable and you know, that, uh, that Trump would be doing this, but it's actually been talked about in the past. Um, Trump mentioned it, uh, about a year ago. And, uh, I do believe even Obama mentioned it once and heck, even Ronald Reagan talked about, uh, star Wars, which wasn't necessarily like a wasn't necessarily like not Star Wars the movie like an actual program called Star Wars that would uh it was essentially a missile defense system in space so if the USSR fired missiles at the United States then satellites would shoot them down which it was apparently feasible at the time to do that and it scared the Russians quite a bit and I don't know if it ever came to fruition. It, I'm pretty sure it, it they they released that it, it didn't, but it, it, in theory this stuff sounds pretty cool, right? <laughs> A space force and like space missile defense stuff, right? Uh but, you know, what are you going to pay for that? 
Yeah, and and there's people arguing that the money is already the money is already really there. It's been it's just being allocated to like things that really don't that really don't achieve much. Um, someone mentioned that I, I saw in a, a comment thread somewhere that we're content we're too content with staying within the Earth's orbit and to and just doing experiments on the space station and all this other kind of stuff. And I don't, and that they, I don't think it is a actual, you know, very good use of resources. I mean, there was, there's very little that has come out of these experiments on the space station. And um, I, I think it's a, it would be better that if exploration was actually conducted now making a, making a sixth branch of the military that's involved with space. Um, I think it's for mostly for terms of uh, national defense and uh, weaponizing space um, is something that other countries haven't gotten into to our knowledge. So I think that's being ahead of the curve is probably, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea <laughs> at all because it, it it's still it's still going to cost a lot of money, as you said. Yeah, and you know, however important it may be to those in office, uh, I, I you know I think space exploration and 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 considering bigger things in space is good and an important thing for people in general to do and to think about. Um, when you're talking about though <laughs> the U.S. government and the budget and where that money comes from and all these things and how much we already spend on the military, it's bothersome to consider adding more to the top of that. Um, of course, it, it is it, kind of interesting for, uh, you know, and exciting for people who are currently in the military because they, they're probably going to all try to switch branches and uh, all the people in this in these uh, space in a space force are probably going to immediately try out for ranger school so they can be a legitimate space ranger. Yeah. But yeah. The, the, just for the title, right? Like space Marine or space I, ranger. I would, like I would totally do that. I would, I would <laughs> to try, I would apply, I would apply to ranger school, change my last name to Lightyear, And I would be literally be buzz Lightyear space ranger. Just, 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 just for the memes. That's all. Just so you could say you did it. <laughs> yep. Just introduce yourself at dinner. Hi, I'm Buzz Lightyear. It's not so bad. The same kind of fun. Um, so, I, you know, it's funny, right? Because we talk about this and the only thing I can think of, right, is like, oh, great. Uh, you know, galactic imperialism. Does that kind of sound like the last thing the U.S. government needs? Donald Trump is literally Darth Vader. Right. <laughs> He's a sin. <laughs> Oh, I can hear it now. That's a good one. That's a good one. So aside from this, uh, you know, the United States Starship Troopers, um, have you have you been keeping an eye on the news as it pertains to tariffs lately? Uh, yes, actually. Um, there was a pretty good discussion that I had with um, with a couple colleagues and family about the uh, what occurred at the G7 summit. It was kind of an interesting interaction between Trump and Merkel, and as I under as I understand it, like Merkel was very was was very uh, pretty angry with with Trump for like these tariffs and they're trying to strong arm everybody, and he he mentioned something that was kind of to the 
the effect of, well, well, let's just not have any. Which was kind of... I was like, wait. God damn it, Donnie. What are you doing? (laughs) And and I don't know. uh, I don't know. um, I don't know if I'm just hanging on that, that sentence a little bit too much. But if that actually happens, then I will concede that the 4D chessers were right. That that it's that it was the art of the freaking deal guys um but i i, I don't know it probably it probably flew over because kind of like him being facetious so well i think it's i mean it's like a trumpism right is he's kind of it <laughs> i think it's so funny about trump is you've got this like all of his supporters you can just like their their go-to is well what he really meant was Uh, and it's this is another one of those situations where it probably what he really meant was like you know in a perfect world you wouldn't need tariffs because everyone would be fair well that's likely his sentiment yeah and it was probably like well you want free trade you want your you know you want your countries to to be prosperous well let's 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 stop this you know kind of thing but um I, i I think everybody in that room probably thought it was that sentiment was like, oh, well, now you're just being ridiculous. And then that gives him like room to move with what he says and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if he was being serious or not, but you're you're right, Vinny. The the whole like uh, a lot of his supporters go in like, well, what he meant was and it was funny seeing interactions between people relating to this. And someone was making the argument like, well, like maybe this was all a whole scheme to try to get tariffs, like to lower tariffs instead of raise them and to put like the pressure on people to realize that this is when it's done to them, that it's, it sucks. And, you know, on world leaders that like, well, when tariffs are in your country, it, it, it sucks. And then it kind of brings them to the bargaining table a little bit. And the supporters of Trump's tariffs, will do that whole well what he meant was thing so it's it was kind of funny to to see the the some trump supporters go against what he was saying you know yeah the well what he meanters well what well, what he meant was yeah <laughs> right right and it's it's funny because people people will say that like oh it's it's a negotiation tactic and I, you know i suppose that's well and good and i i get the argument you know, but meanwhile, there's, you know, we're like balls deep in trade war here. You got, right. So China's setting off theirs and, and we got ours. I believe we, the, the United States government, I believe has enacted theirs on China now. And then we've got all this conflict with Canada, as I'm sure everyone's heard. And you now, said isn't we. It? <laughs> I did. Roth- Rothbard rolling in his grave. I know. I know. I, well, I corrected myself quickly. Yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> and then there's uh what is it iran i think is coming with some tariffs as well they're getting in on this party oh yeah let me let me see if i can find something about that yeah so things are really heating up things are getting real fun if you're curious you can head over to our youtube channel at think liberty tv and i actually did a video on tariffs and it was one of my earlier videos so try not to judge me the video quality isn't astounding uh but it generally 
summarizes my position on tariffs pretty well. Uh, right. You know, the the loser here is the the consumer in the economy with the tariff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and that much should be apparent. the The winner is the industry, right? Where that where the tariff exists, right? So when we talk about this, for instance, like the steel industry, I think it was something like a twenty five percent tariff. So you know, people that worked in the steel industry were really excited <laughs> at the advent of this tariff because now, you know, there is no cheaper option on the market. They can't be undercut. So they can get more business. So they're, you know, they're excited about it. And then on the other side of it, you have everyone that buys steel, uh, who probably isn't as excited as now the lower priced option is off the market. And, uh, you know, so it's going to raise the mean for the price of steel, which last time I checked, we use steel on a few things. We see, I did it again. Steel is used on a few things. Quite a few things. Um, here in the States. Yeah. Just, just, a, just a few. Like automobiles. Which the which if you don't yeah, if you like if relating to the past couple of years, you know, the the American auto industry had been had been suffering quite a bit, um, mostly because of like lack of sales, competing markets. Uh you know, um Honda and Toyota building plants here, things like being able to deliver their cars cheaper to the American market, you know, things like that. And that's been the case for the past, gosh, the 20 years, you know, competition within the market that way. And of course we had the bailouts and things like that. So yeah. And I don't think that this necessarily helps that situation for them, but also beer. Um, Hey guys. Oh, God, yeah. Hey guys. Uh, did you know that beer comes in aluminum cans? Um, yep. We tariff that. Yeah. So you could you could say that there's a tax on beer. Those memes were going around for a little bit. Um, so I actually looked up the Iran tariff thing, and apparently Iran has a lot of tariffs on stuff. But they have free trade zones, which avoid the non-tariff barriers, such as value-added service, value-added service or VAT. So it's kind of interesting. Just everywhere, all yeah. over the place. Everyone's tariffing everybody. And here's Trump. I'd like to get to no tariffs. By the way, here's more tariffs. <laughs> what the hell's going on? We need, hey, did you know those tariff things? We need more of those. The only way we're going to get none of them is if we use more of them. Hmm. That's thinking like government right there, though. You know, that? <laughs> that's government 101. The only way that we'll get to not spending so much money on roads is if we build more of them. That's right. That's right. The only way to stop killing people is we just got to kill a little more people. The only way, <laughs> the the only way to like, gosh, you could just keep going with this. I'm just going to, yeah, <laughs> just keep going with this. The only way to, to keep people from misusing the healthcare system is to is to publicly fund it and put more money into it. Yes, to misuse the healthcare system. If we misuse the healthcare system, yeah, then you know, then the the American people won't misuse the healthcare system. We, re, yeah, yeah. The only way to stop a monopoly from <laughs> is to create from, a monopoly. Um, but this one will it, be legal. That's right. That's right. We you it's you just have to have the monopoly that has a monopoly on monopolies, and then everyone can be safe from monopolies. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. 
Yeah, people and, actually think this. And if it, and if they don't like it, and if people want to create a competing, uh, competing force to go against the monopoly, well, then that's illegal, and the law has to be enforced, right, Vinny? Law, that's the right. law is the law is absolutely correct every time, of course, and we have to uh, you have to throw people in jail if they go against the law, and of course, you know, we're getting to the point to of of public. <laughs> Uh, of like public acceptance that all the laws on the books are kind of they they well that's they broke the law so you know that's the thing like it's not even an issue of government i would say well it is but it's an issue of like public perception like just so many people are apathetic of like well i guess they made this new law so i guess i need to do it you yeah know? well and it's also it's a lack of critical thinking right it became when 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 something gets passed or when something comes down the the pipe, I think people just kind of naturally look at the right what's written on its face, right? No one no one's questioning anything really anymore. They just they just kind of see what it is on its face and they judge the, you know, their perception of morality based on what they interpret from what's written on its face, right? Um, <clears throat> and the, and I think that those in government know this obviously clearly. That's why they go and they name things, you know, the Patriot Act that. <laughs> probably isn't very patriotic at all. Um, and they name things like the Liberty Act, which has absolutely nothing to do with liberty because they know that people kind of look at these things, you know, as face value. And someone looking at the absolute surface would just say, oh, the Liberty Act, you know, how can I be, be against liberty? That's that's such a good word. That's such an American word. And then they look a little further into it. And French, then but, even then, yeah. what's that? French, but oh, okay. Well, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. A, a feely goody, you a know. Feel, a feel good uh, word. A feel-good American dream kind of word. And that's why I liked uh, some of the antics by um, – well, not an antics is a bad word. But some of the actions by uh, uh, Massey, uh, um, Massey and uh, Rand Paul um, in the bill – some of the bills that they've proposed. Like Rand Paul's like tax plan was literally the penny bill. Like that's what it was called because it was going to take a penny off of every dollar that was spent by the federal government. It's like that's literally what it was going to do is a 1% reduction in spending and it didn't pass. So, <laughs> Jesus. but the thing is, I, I, I like the, my point is, is I like that they're being like Frank about it. They're not trying to give it some touchy feely goody name to try to get people on board with it, you know? And Massey right. of course had his one page, his one page bill, you know, a while that was a while back but right they're not they're not trying to cloak it to in order to get it over the finish line no it's like you can literally read this in 20 seconds so yeah you have no no uh excuse for not so that kind of thing. right right yeah. well and you know another problem also is thinking that that every every problem that anyone has um needs to be solved with laws True. You know, w yeah. with state action, right? Because this is this is the big problem. I mean, there are so many laws for so many different things, and laws shouldn't be something that that you have no idea, you know, if if you're breaking or not. And that truly is the case for you know most of these things. You've got you know drug policies that are just ever changing and ever growing. There's you know immigration, right? We we can get into that here in a minute. There's just you know tons of laws for tons of different things, and we just people you know social outrage comes about for any one incident and 
you know, the next, the next sentiment that comes after that is Congress must act. Right. And, and people are just uh, pushing and pushing and pushing, chomping at the bit for new laws right. to support the positions that they prefer. And what ends up happening is there's all these unintended consequences or these loopholes created by these laws. And that's the part where when I was talking about critical thinking comes into play and not a lot of people are doing that. They're quick to say, okay, we can solve this by this law. And they don't think about any of the consequences or repercussions that come from that law. And then we end up with this litany of laws, um, many of which are unjust as according to our own constitution and bill of rights. And that's a precarious situation that we find our in more, uh, find ourselves in more often than we'd probably like to admit these days. Right. And um, I covered this a little, a little bit in an article that's actually going to be going out pretty soon here for, for think on the think Liberty website is that laws are, laws are not um, a direct, not directly moral and they're never meant to be the laws laws of nations and of of the united states are not meant to be a moral code and once they start becoming that or once they start being treated as that you can start to see a you can start to see a degradation of um almost like a, a nihilistic feeling of what um actual like morality is actually what morality is but then also what the law should be you start to see people just kind of have a have a whimsical or not whimsical but um uh lackadaisical uh view of those two things or in relation to each other um because it's like well i guess they passed this so you know i guess that's that's what everybody should do or what everybody ought to do. The law starts to become what everybody ought to do, which is ge- was generally accepted as like a moral code. Right. And, and this kind of touches into this touches into a little bit of um, some stuff we were talking about on our sacred cows episode when people are talking about people treating the state uh, as a religion almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is absolutely a byproduct of that concept. Um you you're talking about just laws coming down the pipe and it's just accepted. You know, this is okay. This is our, our benevolent, you know, this, 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 this being that hands us rights and laws and we just accept it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely, you know, an example of that, uh, into play there. Right. Absolutely. Well, it kind of, that kind of brings us into, into our next topic. If you wanted to get into that, um, Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure that anyone's listening uh, is familiar with what's been going on on our southern border. Um, you've got Jeff Sessions, uh, who essentially decided that now a, a, a little bit of backing here. So Jeff Sessions and from from us, like I think Liberty, we've taken tons of shots at Jeff Sessions and rightfully so. But uh, Jeff Sessions, his position is and always has been he's just going to enforce and uphold the letter of the law. That's like his thing, right? Um, I'm sure Chris, you're familiar with this as well. Uh, that's, that's, that's like his motto. If he, if he, uh, had a tagline that, that would be it. And so what, what happened is when the Trump administration decided that they were going to tighten down on immigration, there was a decision made that, um, and keep me honest here, Chris, that, uh, by definition, illegal immigrants that were trying to cross the border were going to now be persecuted as federal criminals, correct? Is that right, Chris? Um, in so many words, I think you're on the right track. I don't know if that's 
I don't know if it's exactly correct, but um, that the, the talks were definitely made uh, relating to that for sure. Let me see. Right. Move on for a bit. I, I all, think that's it. Yeah. I might have the wrong term, but as best I know, what ended up happening was, you know, these were normally treated one way, which was like probably like more of a misdemeanor or like civil case type situation. And um, they had decided, the administration had decided, okay, we're now going to treat these as like federal, like prosecute them as, as like federal crimes. Mm-hmm. So with that said, um, what ended up happening is because of that shift, because of the escalation of how the crime quote unquote is categorized the enforcement of it changed right so as such there's this um settlement that came um let's see i have it up here that's called the flores settlement and that's in um I'll, I'll read a bit of what i have here uh it's in 1985 two organizations filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of immigrant children who had been detained by the former immigration and naturalization service challenging procedures regarding the detention treatment and release of children after many years of litigation including an appeal to the united states supreme court the parties reached a settlement in 1997 um and then it goes on to kind of state exactly what it laid out. And it's one, the government is required to release children from immigration detention without unnecessary delay to in order of preference, parents, uh, other adult relatives or licensed programs willing to accept custody. Uh, two, if suitable placement is not immediately available, the government is uh, obligated to place children in the least restrictive Uh, setting appropriate to their age and uh, any special needs. And three, the government must implement standards relating to the care and the treatment of children um, in immigration detention. So, yeah. So Vinny, to answer your question. um, Yes. So there was a, a policy shift and the, and Homeland after the policy shift, Homeland security promised to prosecute hundred percent of illegal immigration cases. So, um, and it was also noted that you know the new approach would separate thousands of children from their parents when they are arrested. So yes, the um, they started to be treated as as a as federal crimes. Um, right, and so right, and so when it's treated as a federal crime, there's a different kind of enforcement that goes along to it, and then it falls back onto this this Flores settlement when it talks about how exactly the kids are handled now as as part of this. The precedent that comes from the settlement, I believe, um, it, it is that children shall not be detained in the same areas as the adults. Well, yes, uh, it, segregate like uh, that's that's pretty much like a, a standard like detention procedures, but you know segregation of you know that kind of thing. So, yeah, right. Right. And so this all kind of falls back onto that. Right. And so you're seeing a lot of people in a lot of these left-leaning media outlets that are claiming that there's there's a big hubbub about this, right? Because Trump came out and he said that this is a Democrat's fault. And he he essentially kind of cited what we're outlining here, but he said, you know, it was it was the Democrat's fault. I believe it was passed by Reno or something like that. Oh, um, yeah. Janet Reno. Yep. Right. She was the AG at the time. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, he's leaning on that. It's, it's just one of those slippery things. And then you have these fact check sites that come out and they're, they're, they're saying that it's, that it's false just because, you know, Trump's always got to be wrong no matter what. But 
you know, whether or not he phrases it entirely correctly, he, he does kind of speak to a larger point, right? Um, what they did is they changed the category of the quote unquote crime and it just kind of fell back to the legal precedents that were there, you know, if that were to have happened. Um, so, you know, make no mistake, what's going on now is no different than what would have happened if the Obama administration had done the same thing. Well, if, if the Obama administration had done the same thing, well, right. If they if they change the category of the crime, right. Well, the the thing is, people have noted that um, who are somewhat in support of this, that um, of Trump, of you know the administration and the policy change and like all this other kind of stuff, noted that these these places did exist where you know like detention centers for children and they during the Obama administration and they were pretty awful. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. In twenty twenty fifteen, I believe. Yep. Uh, there were there were stories that were floating around about it. Yeah, there was. I I remember those. Um, and now apparently they they're they're not, and apparently they're they have games and pool tables and and things like that. And I and I'm and which is nice when I'm just looking at it, going, gosh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, well, and they so there are these pictures that just came out where they're showing some of these detention centers, I guess, from some of the recent times that this is happening and it's just pretty much like chain link fence and these kids have these uh the, you know those reflective heat absorbing blankets and stuff like that and uh and it's rough it's it's uh it looks rough it sounds rough i'm sure it is rough you know there's a a, a piece of legislation in there somewhere in the policy that says that essentially um united states federal employees can't touch the children so they've got like uh you know, other immigrant children having to change, you know, other immigrant children. It, it doesn't sound like a good time. Uh, I'll say that much. Well, uh, the, the thing is, uh, that's uh, very, very odd to me because what, what if uh, a fight happens? Do you not stop it? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. You, I'm not sure. Know, and that's, that's, if a fight happens in a prison, then, these then the COs, you know, they call the they call the quick response team, and you know, guys in pet in padded seats and helmets, and they break the fight up. Is that going to happen here, or are they just going to let them fight? Like, if they're well, not I guess you got to ask touch the touch the kids. Then how are you supposed to be able to stop that? I don't know. I would assume though that there's probably a smaller instance of kids fighting well here than. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, if you have like adolescents, like teenagers and stuff, then that could that could right. become an issue, you know? Right, absolutely, just because yeah. of physical size. So, um, right, right, yeah, and like this, I guess, you know. So there, there there's a whole process involved here, and I, I suppose, uh, for the most part, from what I understand, the policy goes about as fast as a government policy can. Um, but it's complicated when the topic of asylum is brought up. So if any, any of these individuals being prosecuted, bring up asylum from what I understand that, that complicates the legal process here a bit and it prolongs things, uh, which just kind of exacerbates this issue going on between separating the children. So like the people seeking asylum and, and stuff like that, or not asylum, yes. yeah, but yeah, yeah. When they state that they're seeking asylum, apparently it changes the uh, the method 
in which uh, the prosecution goes. Yes. And uh, from what I understand, it draws it out significantly more than it would be normally. So when you have these situations where, you know, children are separated from their families and then they claim asylum, then you're looking at, as I said, you know, a situation of separation that's now further exacerbated by, you know, having a larger right space of time which is you know in between that separation which is kind of uh it f- feel like that that could be definitely improved <laughs> but um especially right. if somebody is you know genuinely seeking asylum from a or you know from you know a hostile environment and all of that so right from just a kind of like a purely humanity standpoint it is yeah a humanitarian you know, standpoint it, yeah it, that kind of thing it, it's it seems insensitive for sure. Um, and as I understand, so, you know, due to all of the, the backlash and all the outrage that's coming from this, as I understand, uh, I think I saw something somewhere saying that Paul Ryan and a few others, uh, were trying to kind of address the matter. Um, uh, as far as the separation goes, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how they intend on doing that, but I'm sure they're going to try and probably do something I mean, to, to keep the families together in these detention centers. Yeah. First lady, Laura Bush released a statement about it. Um, the former first lady, Laura Bush, um, basically saying that it's wrong, which it's kind of interesting because, uh, this situations like this happened during the Bush administration as well. So not to, not of something of like, uh, um, not this exact exact situation, but it it definitely happened where you know kids were like separated from asylum seekers and and things like that during the Bush administration. So I found it kind of odd, but there's definitely prominent people that are that are against this, and not necessarily just your your, your uh, usual celebrity, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's yeah, there's been a big outcry kind of from all over the place about uh about this you know once the press got in and was able to take pictures of what's going on there i don't you know i don't think anyone looks at it and <laughs> it's like all right well i take that back i'm sure plenty of people are like yes but uh i, I think generally it's something that upsets folks um you know and pe- people are also equating this a bit to what happened you know during world war ii uh i've, I've seen this as something that's been going on and well, this is this is it's a bad look. That's not, a, that's not a good thing to do. It's a bad look, but I mean, let's not, I, I think, I feel like people saying that, that it's like, oh, well, this is like the Japanese internment camps. It's like, I think saying that kind of um, devalues the, the actually how atrocious the Japanese uh, internment was. Like it was pretty right. bad. Well, like people were in like plywood buildings with like inadequate, inadequate facilities and, blankets and their food was apparently terrible and um you know and they were in prison for being asian not necessarily japanese but you know east asian and right and a big differentiator here too is that there was a lot of people that were u.s citizens and had been for some time oh well uh, a a lot of them a lot of them yeah absolutely which is not which is not the case here um i mean if you if you wanted to talk about like the dreamers uh, and, and the DACA stuff, that's another topic. But for this, you know, what we're talking about, what's in the news cycle now, that is that is not, you know, what this is. So right. when people compare it to the Japanese uh, camps, I just I, I just don't think that's accurate. I, I don't think that's a legitimate talking point. There. I don't think it is either. Um, 
Yeah, I also think it's a legitimate talking point on another vein of people that say, well, you know, uh, the people who commit crimes in the U.S. their their kids get separated from them. So how is this any how is this any different? And it's like okay, it, it's very different because you know those kids, the kids that get you know from of criminals in the United States. They go to prison and then it's like, well, then some most of the time what ha- ends up happening is families get, you know, families take care of them. And then if that is not an option, then they don't, they're not thrown in a a holding facility. You know, it's it's kind of going the other way with it where they're not thrown in a holding facility. They don't they throw all these kids together in a room and be like, OK, uh, you, you know, you're going to be here until your your parents get out of prison which might be like 10 years you, you know it, it's not a similar situation right. at all and right yeah not 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 comparable it's it's really not a comparable situation which shows how it's like well we need to prosecute these people as federal criminals it's like well there there's obviously different things at play here and the laws pertaining to immigration are very very different to somebody who gets caught with a pound of weed in their car in the united who's lived in the united states their whole life it's it, it, it's just completely different situations and um there's different laws that go into it and it needs to be approached in a different way and i i think simplifying it to that extent of saying Oh well, kids, you know, kids of criminals in the United States—they get separated from their parents—is just asinine. It's it, it it's like you said, it lacks cognitive thinking. Um, and the and I've seen way too many people say use this excuse to, you know, to try to justify oh, yeah. it. Which it also brings up kind of another point that we that I mentioned before we started the podcast is that it's not that it's not that you know the people who commit the crime it's not that we're that we're against people you know who commit that people who commit a crime should go to prison we're protesting the law that exists so saying it's well it's against the law though so you know they they should go to prison it's like well okay we're attacking the laws that exist not the fact that people should just be criminals and be able to you know, not go to prison or something. That's not, that, that's, right. that's non sequitur. We're talking about, we're opposed to the certain laws that are in place. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. It's, it's not a matter of appealing to authority and just saying, well, it's a law, so it's fine. It's good. It's, it's, you know, you're questioning whether or not the law is just right. And so in this situation, uh, it's absolutely fair to look at the law as as has been decided by the Trump administration that would say, okay, these people are no longer this category of criminal. They are now this category of criminal, which warrants this different kind of enforcement. Uh, and, and you question whether or not that's just. Right. And whether or not that's a fair law. And that's that's something that more people should do more often <laughs> is question these laws, question these things that are in place, right? Because – when you're talking about this stuff, as you can see by listening to us kind of unpack this, this is no simple thing, right? This is kind of uh, in line with uh, Chris. I don't know if you remember, but there was a few episodes before where we kind of talked about tariffs in the same way when we talked about how there's this just this crazy like 
spider webs on spider webs of details and policies and laws and, and different things that have been decided for different kind of reasons that are in place by all different kinds of administrations that kind of like hold a lot of this stuff up. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so at a certain point, the system is kind of, you know, it's, it's at a victim to itself because of how complicated and, and intertwined it is with all these different kind of details and laws and stipulations. And th- these are the kind of situations that you get into, right? Is one person decides to change one thing and that one thing falls on this other thing that was set in place back, you know, years before. And it has led to this thing that we're now seeing, right? It's just exactly what we were talking about previously. These unforeseen consequences that come from just this litany of laws all over the place, right? Which is exactly what happens when, you know, you've got this one central body that's just in charge of everything, making the rules and calling the shots about everything. And and here we have it, right? Right. Just as we discussed. Yeah, exactly. It's also it's also uh, good to note that the 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 Trump's administ- administration, Trump administration's zero tolerance <laughs> <laughs> zero tolerance policy is actually not mandated by a law um and that they could it could easily be you know they could exercise discretion in this area like instead of another area it's it's literally a pointed thing towards immigration instead of you know trump administration doesn't really care in the case like this of like small-time marijuana users it's like oh well if they said that you know it's like a zero tolerance policy for for breaking a federal law well then why don't they just go into colorado and start rounding up a bunch of bunch of stoners well obviously it's not a zero tolerance policy across the board then it's just for immigration so take that into consideration if you know if it's like if it's the law then well why aren't all these other people getting thrown in prison too Right. It's it's literally uh the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this big bureaucratic mess. Yep. Which is why we're such big fans of the bureaucracy that comes with government. Right. Big big fans. Right. And then the the just of it <laughs> bigly huge fans, let me tell you. Big huge. We are the biggest fans. No one is a bigger fan of the bureaucracy than I am. No one knows about more about bureaucracy than I do. Believe me. <laughs> so, I also take issues with, issue with the way that this is, um, like major, huge issues with the ways that this is being, uh, that this is being rationalized that the by, um, by the White House press secretary and also the Attorney General, um. And the usage of the usage of the of the Bible to try to rationalize this. Now, I won't. I you know the, with the article that's my article that's going to go up. I kind of go into the weeds about it, but just as a as a base, uh, you know, as a uh, a quick you know overview of this, it's like we there should be absolutely take issue with this that you know the the establishment of a of a religion is something that's not supposed a line that you're not supposed to toe and very much saying that, Oh, well our laws and our policies are divine alluding to that. Our laws and our policies are divinely ordained is, is something that I think is, is a bad precedent to set for sure. Um, and it, it annoys me that 
um, that there's a lot of religious folks that aren't noticing this. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know, it's all team sports, right? If Jeff if Sessions a, if comes all, out and he starts, you know, if all if all laws and if all the laws and all the author, all the authority were, um, y- you know, were right and morally just because the the uh, the the leader is ordained by God, then um, Herod's then King Herod's uh, order to kill all firstborn babies was just right, and that's that's a bit of a slippery slope. There. Yeah, it's. It's just, it's, it's team sports, right? It's, it's like, you know, I was saying it, people are, uh, they're, they're, they're either on the team or they're not. And if they're on the team, they're like, yeah, you know, old sessions got up there and he threw some scripture at me and, uh, yeah, yeah, I support it. And that's just kind of where they land. You know, it's that whole critical thinking thing we've been talking about. They don't, they don't think about whether or not it was relevant or whether or not it was contextual to the, to the topic that he was discussing. They're just like, Hey, Sessions got up there. He said some God stuff. Support it. <laughs> and then, of course, if you're not religious, it's just kind of like, well, I don't care about that anyway, so that's not going to sway my decision at all. And so it it really didn't do much, in my opinion, to to try to sway people over to, oh, yeah, this might be a good thing to do. You know, try to sway public support at all. It's just Yeah, I mean... I just read it and I was like, how did that? I don't, I don't know if that's a, as supportive a bit of information as you think it is, Jeff. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you might want to read that again. <laughs> anyway. I'm sure you'll cover that in your article. So we'll leave. Yeah, that. We'll, 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 we'll leave, leave that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've used a, a good bit of time. I think that was a, that was a good chat. Not bad. 45 minutes is pretty good considering we're here, uh, winging it on our own. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. I, th- I think we, we kind of fleshed out the, the topics pretty well. Um, if you all, if anybody wants to join the space force, uh, leave a comment, leave <laughs> a comment, um, in on Facebook or on our, uh, SoundCloud because, uh, I, I don't know. I, I might become a status to 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 be Buzz Lightyear. I don't. It's just I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, and we'll we'll keep you updated on that. And uh, well, I guess uh, that's a, a as good as place to call it as any. We've got our all of our links that we did in the front. So I guess on behalf of Chris and everyone else that's a part of the Think Liberty Network, thank you for listening. And whether or not you like it, we'll probably be back again. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.